This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Here's a song that we'd like to do for all the younger set of people, the teenagers and what have you. This one's called Vacation Zone. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and you know, leafing through my calendar, I see it's the anniversary of the day that Donkey Kong was first released. How about that? I love games, and on today's show, we'll feature a new game show from Orange is the New Black. Let's say hello to the host and creator of the student loan payoff game show on True TV, Paid Off with Michael Torpy. It's Michael Torpy. And from studentdebtcrisis.com, Natalia Abrams. But that's not all. We'll feature headlines ripped from the news. I'll share an amazing trivia question. And we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline and answer the money question of a lucky listener from the mailbag. And now, two guys who... Together, I'm telling you, they can't even get through the third level of Tetris. Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Yeah, but I'm great, great at Centipede. Tetris was one of those games that I used to have on my Game Boy that I never had because my dad would never let me have one. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you're bad at Tetris? It's because you never had a Game Boy? Because hey. I could never get a Game Boy. Yeah. Hey, hey, welcome to OG's First World Problems podcast. It's all Dad's fault. That's going to be like chapter one of your book, isn't it? When that thing finally comes out. Dad wouldn't give me a Game Boy, which explains me. Explains why I'm so bitter with so many listeners. Explains a lot of things, doesn't it? <laughs> welcome back, OG, to the show after how was your week off? It was busier than a one-armed paper hanger. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> don't you know what that means. I got no idea what that means. I do know that we use the pants off of Slack. Even during our off week, we use the heck out of Slack. Thanks to Slack for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Slack OG, if you don't know what Slack is, I mean, you're a Slacker, but you might not know Slack. Slack's a I, I colla- do know Slack. I love it, actually. Slack's a collaboration hub, kids, for work that makes sure the right people on your team are always in the loop. You like how, by the way, we've never included Doug in on Slack. Like whenever we talk about Slack, we're like, Doug, pick up the Slack. He's no idea. No idea. He doesn't get it. Yeah. No. Uh, right people on your team are always in the loop and key information is always at their fingertips. You'll learn more at Slack.com. By the way, I didn't think I needed Slack until I had Slack. And then it's like, I finally saw the light. Where were you? I was yep. in a whole better place. Speaking of better place, 
I was in a much better place when I discovered Honey. It seems like every time I shop, because all I did was just add this browser extension, but it took like two clicks to do. And now whenever I buy anything, Honey shows up with a coupon code going, hey, guess what? We save you some money. Cha-ching. And that means you can buy more. Yes. No, no. Oh. You forget what kind of podcast we're on. Thanks to Honey for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Honey is the free browser add-on that over 9 million people are using every day to save money free while they shop online. Add-on. Yes, free. it's free. and takes just two clicks to install and will save you tons of money. It has me already. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash SB. People often go to Honey. Dot com and they're like, Joe, it's not there. It's that's a different thing. It's, yes, it's joinhoney.com slash SB and put the SB on there so they know that we sent you there. Or for the Yes, absolutely. Got a great show today. You you're a big fan of Orange is the New Black. Yes. Love it. It's a fantastic show. And we've got our favorite women's prison guard, Michael Torpy, who's who's on today. And Michael has a brand new game show helping us pay down our student debt called Paid Off. Paid Off. Yes. And we've got Michael talking about student debt and also Natalia Abrams uh, from the Student Debt Crisis Center. She's going to help us work through student debt issues. You see that guy with a million dollars of student debt? Yes. I don't know. Nope. This this uh, dental student. Um, Dude, didn't we talk about that? We I, put that on a show. Guy took out a million dollars. We talked about it money in the morning, but I don't know that we've talked about it here yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right, because I told you about it, and then you put it on your other cooler show. <laughs> that I stole and it and moved it over. You no. Stole, you are a stealer. Well, and we you? talked about, about it in the basement, too. Scott in the basement. Uh, yes, that's where, I, that's where I got it from, the basement. Yes. I right. was there once, you may recall. It's crazy talk. It's absolutely crazy talk. But we got a show to do, so let's get this party started, shall we? Hello, darlings. And now, it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins Headlines. You ever get the uh, Costco magazine, the coupon book, and you thumb through it and you're like, I didn't know I needed an Apache two foot by three foot half round doormat, but I do now. And look at them meatballs. I'm going to get meatballs and a doormat. (laughs) There's like so many different things on here that I didn't think I needed, but I totally want. That's why you don't go through that stuff. Why are you even going through it? Three dollars off Hagen Dazs bars. The second you open that thing up, you're in trouble. The power Craisins of suggestions for four dollars off limit two. Let's let's put OG in a room full of full of advertisements. Like thank goodness, just see what happens. Mrs. OG doesn't let you get the Sunday paper that has that big wad of advertisements. Can't, yep, can't get it. Uh, yep. It's all I'm you. Limited to Costco. Know thyself. First piece comes to us from Money.com. Uh, paint your front door. This color in your home could be worth $6,000 more. Isn't it crazy? Paint your door a different color and you get six grand more. I love this idea, right? We always think about, uh, this is house selling and house buying season, right? Yeah. We sold our house when we lived in Michigan before we moved to Dallas. And one of the things we went through and did was repainted the whole thing. And it was probably a five to one return in terms of how much it cost us to, to paint the entire home. And, you know, we spend a lot of time focusing on like, all the hard stuff, right? Like I got to update my kitchen or I have to update my bathroom. And something as simple as put a fresh coat of paint on your front door probably works as well, right? This piece uh, says you don't need a touchscreen refrigerator or a Wi-Fi enabled thermostat or color changing light bulbs to pump up the sale price of your home. In fact, all you need is a black door. 
That's according to online real estate database Zillow, which released an analysis Wednesday after examining some 135,000 photos from listings across the U.S. since 2010. Zillow found that on average, houses with black or charcoal gray front doors sold for as much as $6,271 more than expected. Quote, for a seller, painting a front door is one of the least expensive home prep projects, but also one that can have a powerful impact on a home's sale price. Zillow design expert Carrie Kelly said in news release, while cool neutral wall colors like tan and light blue are still popular, we're seeing a notable shift in home design where pops of color, particularly in darker hues of blue and gray, even black are becoming increasingly popular. It may sound emo, but painting your front door black is actually a tried and true way of increasing home value. According to Realtor.com, a black door gives buyers the impression your house is a serious, stately, and safe choice. Isn't that funny? I worked with a couple of sound engineers back when I was a financial planner. Their whole job working with the car companies was to make the door sound like it shut very confidently, I guess is the word. Because if, mm-hmm. it, if it sounded like the door shut well, people made these huge conclusions about what a well put together car it was. Right. I saw a uh, kind of talk about the car thing. I saw a thing on Netflix or something about BMWs and how long it took them to have the chime right. Like, hey, you forgot to put your seatbelt on like that chime because they wanted to be noticeable, but not intrusive and not annoying. But hello, we're here. Your seatbelt's still not on. Hello. Your seatbelt's still not on, you know, that sort (laughs) of thing. And these little things make a huge difference. Well, you look at getting back to the house, OG, you look at this idea of staging your house and so many people still don't get this. And this is now, this has been tested over and over and over. If you stage your house, you declutter it, you stage it, you work with a professional, like that's the professional that pays dividends. Oh, huge return. Yep. I mean, something as simple as like washing your windows. So when the shades are up, you know, you got fresh light in the house. Something something as simple as taking a half a Saturday and planting flowers, you know, out front just makes it look uh, makes it look a thousand times better. OG still remembers that one time he washed the windows at home. Still makes him cry. It's like, oh, my goodness, there is sunlight. No, 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 no. I didn't say you should wash your windows. Or maybe I did, but I meant to say you should have your windows washed. <laughs> Mrs. Slate's taught me the difference between a passive verb and an active verb. Our second headline comes to us from USA Today. This is a bad day for a bank. You might have seen this one. Hungry rat shreds more than $17,500 mm. of cash Delicious. inside an ATM in India. Did you see this? Yes, I saw that. At least one money-hungry rat broke into an ATM and chewed through nearly $18,000 in cash, authorities in India said. Officials at the State Bank of India thought the machine was merely malfunctioning when patrons told them it was no longer dispensing money. It was out of order since May 20th. Then technicians opened it. Shandan Sharma, manager of the SBI branch in the town of Tinsukia in the northeast state of Assam, told reporters, quote, they were shocked to find shredded notes and a dead rat. Like that dude, that dude overate on bills. Money hungry son of a. Yes. That's what happens when you get too greedy. Yes. You glutton yourself on hondos. Probably for me, it would be like tens. (laughs) Probably would be. So I think that is the lesson. Don't eat your money. I think that's a good one. 
But maybe a better lesson is it's those little things around your house, OG. It's those little things. Stage the house. It's a small price to pay for a potentially big, big, big return. Upstairs talking to mom, the creator of the new show, Paid Off with Michael Torpy is here. Guess who that is? Guess who the host and creator of Paid Off with Michael Torpy would be? I'm going to go uh, first name Michael. Man, you, you're you just... He goes by Mike, though. You're a whiz. He seems like a guy that would go by Mike. Yeah, just call him Mike when he comes down. See what happens. Okay, Michael Torpy course is an actor and a writer living in brooklyn best known of course for his work on orange is the new black veep and inside amy schumer and uh, you've seen him tons of times on late night with jimmy fallon been seen in numerous nationwide commercial campaigns in fact one of his jokes uh well you know what i'm not going to talk about that we're going to ask him about that because it's it's pretty hilarious how michael got his start and paid off his student loans also joining us Natalia Abrams, she's the executive director of Student Debt Crisis, where she advocates for student loan debt reform and the creation of affordable and accessible lending solutions for all borrowers and students pursuing higher education. She's a participant in the 2016 Wells Fargo Executive Directors Leadership Institute for Nonprofit Organizational Sustainability. Through her work with SDC, Abrams has appeared on CNBC, Fox News, NBC, CBS, Sunday Morning, numerous other television outlets but now's the big one og because natalia and michael are coming down to the basement let's say hello michael and natalia how are you guys great joe doing great joe thanks for having us well michael i love your story we'll start with you you personally struggled with student loans you know it's a story about my family really you know i was very fortunate when i was looking at colleges my parents said, go out, get into the best school you can get into. We'll figure out how to pay for it. And that's what they did. They took out a second line of equity on their home and they paid for my college education. So I was really ignorant of the world of student debt. And that's why I was free enough to do something as stupid as be a theater major. <laughs> so I, I didn't know about it until I met my wife. My wife owed around $40,000 when we met. She was making it work. She was hustling, babysitting, you know, doing all the things you got to do when you're balancing your monthly payments plus your rent plus cost of living. And we got to a point where I had just booked uh, like my first large commercial campaign in my career. And I finally had some money in my savings account. And we decided to just write a check and wipe out her debt. As soon as we put them in the envelope, my wife started crying. And I felt ashamed that I like didn't understand what a big deal it was for her. Just how emotional it was. Absolutely. I mean, it affects, it, it's this invisible burden that affects every decision you make all day. Everything from, are we going to take a vacation this year to, can I get a second cup of coffee this afternoon? It affects everything. Natalia, Michael's not alone, is he? There's a ton of people in feeling those same feelings. Absolutely not. Michael's one of the lucky ones. You know, you shouldn't have to book a commercial or inherit money from a dead relative to be able to pay off your student loan debt. We have 45 million student loan borrowers holding 1.5 trillion, that's trillion with a T, of student loan debt. And many of those people, the average loan balance is around what Michael's wife had. It's about $35,000. 
But we see so many borrowers that cannot pay it off in the 10-year standard repayment time. They usually It usually takes 20, 30 years, if you're lucky, to pay off your student loan. And of course, it's very emotional. Michael's right. People aren't buying houses. They're not purchasing cars. They're not participating in general consumer products just because of their student loan debt. It's an invisible issue. I would argue that it's becoming far more visible because of the 45 million. Somebody knows someone with student loan debt. Michael, I love the story, though, about what that commercial was, because you paid off that debt in a very sexy way. Oh, you better believe it, man. Look, I moved a lot of product modeling those underpants. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the least sexy underpants commercial of all time. I'm in a pair of Hanes boxers doing lunges in front of Michael Jordan. It was not attractive. How many times do you get to do lunges in front of Michael Jordan, though, in a pair of Hanes underwear? It's true. I should be grateful for the experience. <laughs> right. Natalia, when it comes to... be grateful that you paid off your wife's student loans. That was worth all the lunges in the, of the world. Fair point. But it is. I mean, that's that's the whole, the genesis of this show is what a ridiculous series of events that led to us being able to pay off our debt. And actually, that was my next question, Michael. So that's the genesis. But really, do you remember where you were when you said, you know what, we got to I got to do a show about student loans? I was walking down uh, Manhattan Avenue in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. The idea came out of a couple work experiences I had. I had the privilege of working on Orange is the New Black for two years. And that showed me how good it feels to make a show that is creatively satisfying as an artist and also satisfying from a social justice standpoint. Having women who were in prison come up to me and talk about what it meant to have that show, for them to feel seen, to hear their stories be told. It was an incredible gift. And it really made me hungry for other projects that could marry those two things. I thought it might have been, Michael, when that one woman in season five had the gun pointed at your head. You're like, this feels like student loans. <laughs> I think that's an acceptable metaphor for, uh, for the experience. Natalia, let's turn back to you for a second, because when people have the, and it is a horrible analogy, gun point at your head, but people do really, as you mentioned earlier, feel horrible about their debt. It seems like there's a lot of misinformation out there about paying down your student loans. What are the first things people need to do when they're trying to attack that pile of student loan debt they have? Most importantly, everyone who has federal student loans, which is a majority of student loan borrowers have that, even if they have private loans. They need to know that there's absolutely no reason for them to go into default. There are federal repayment programs called income-driven repayment programs that can help you manage your loans and come up with a reasonable monthly payment. So you do not have to go into default, which will wreck your credit, they'll garnish your wages, and it will get much, much worse. So people know, need to know that there is help out there, especially if you have federal loans, and they can contact us or the Department of Education to find out more. What do you think about consolidating the loans? Well, I think if you're doing a federal consolidation to get into a better repayment program, that's great. But be very wary of private loan consolidation that will convert your federal loan into a private loan, thus taking away all those benefits. We did a story once recently on our other podcast, Money in the Morning, Natalia, about this guy. And you saw this headline, too. I believe it was the Wall Street Journal. The gentleman that took out a million dollars. How does somebody get their hands on a million dollars before anybody says, let's pump the brakes. <laughs> well, I, b- I believe that this is somebody with uh, graduate and possibly PhD school. So you need to continue on with school. 
And he also has a combination of federal and private loans. Uh, Federal loans max out at a certain rate, and that's why so many people need private loans. But I agree, we shouldn't even see, you shouldn't even be able to get into a million dollars of student loan debt, no matter what your career is going to be after that. We need a lot more regulation, which is why our organization fights strongly for consumer protections, which are being eroded away as we speak for student loans. Michael, let's turn to the show. So episode one of the show. Well, you know what? Let's listen to a little clip of the show first, and then I'll ask you some questions about how, how just incredibly funny the show is. Last round was about what you learned in class. This round is about life outside the lecture hall. We pulled 100 recent college graduates on a wide variety of topics and assembled their top five responses. Person who buzzes in with the most popular answer gets $200. Madeline, you still have that. I knew that. Don't forget to play it. You got it. All right. Let's see our first polling question. According to 100 recent college graduates, what's the best job you could have while in college? Jay. Server. Server? Now, you still have that now. <laughs> Did you feel like in college? No. And even after, too. Yeah, forever, forever now. Right? It's good, it's good for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Let's see it up there. That's our top answer, my man. $200 for you. I knew that. Madeline, you knew that? I knew it. All right, you knew that. $200 for you, too, Madeline. Well played. Madeline gets money. Jay gets money. I feel like, Michael, you get a car. You get a car like you're Oprah. (laughs) I would love to be the Oprah of paying off people's student debt. That should be on my business card. Well, let's go over before we get into this clip a minute. Tell everybody about how the show works, because it's a really cool game show theme. We wanted to create something that would be fun for people to play and watch, because we're in this dark space. We're talking about debt that's really holding people back. So I thought I owed it to people who came on the show to show them a good time, to have them enjoy their time on stage, and as ultimately to make sure they won some money. So everybody wins something on the show. Nobody goes home empty-handed. And like uh, your spouse, one of the contestants on this first episode has about $40,000 in debt. Another has twenty. The third has 17,000. And the questions, Michael, are all over the place. How do you create all the questions for the show? We wanted to keep it very varied because that reflects how different everyone's college experience is. I didn't want this to just become a college quiz bowl type game. (laughs) So we keep the trivia varied. We keep it fun. And we ask all sorts of questions, including the clip you just played is a category that's based outside the classroom. So it's supposed to be quizzing you on your fellow students and general attitudes. That way, no matter what your college experience was, you've got a good chance at winning our show. I won't give away the whole show, uh, but I will say that there's one series of questions that you ask in episode one that's around art that your daughter did. Now, tell me, are those pictures that you show on your screen, did you really have your daughter do those? Uh, My daughter is only one and a half. (laughs) So I'll let the viewers look at those drawings and then make their own conclusion. Movie magic. (laughs) <laughs> it's like when people ask us about the basement, the answer is yes, absolutely. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And then another surprise. So I'm, I'm partway through the episode and you have a surprise guest come out. Are we to expect that on the show? Cause I thought, I thought the dude you had who came out was incredibly hilarious. Oh, that's Dion Flynn is in that first episode. He's fantastic. We also had another hilarious comedian named Patty Harrison. She's great as well. That's right. And we have one of those segments in each episode. You know, uh, one of the touchstones for creating this show was an old MTV game show called Remote Control 
that I grew up with, that our head writer, Ethan Berlin, grew up with. And a lot of the people that worked on this show, we all had a fondness for this old program. And we wanted to create something that had that same feeling of anything can happen, almost like the late night version of a game show. And bringing in those performers that have a strong improv background uh, was a huge part of that. Yeah, I was kind of at first. I was like, "What? What? What the hell's going on?" Which was which was fantastic. I I, I love that part of the show. So everybody who's on the show gets a piece of their student loans paid off. How does that work? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I felt like I owed it to these people. If they were going to come on and share their stories, they needed to win something. Because ultimately, the goal of the show is to raise awareness for a problem. I can't fix this thing by doing forty-five million episodes of this program. I won't live that long and that'll be it. I'll be dead before we could do that. So the show is only successful if we raise awareness, if we put faces to the crisis. Well, how much of the crisis, Michael, do you think is, is thinking ahead of time before school? Like you talked about, you were a theater major. Your parents did what, you know, what they thought was right, which was, Hey, we want to support our kids. Right. But when it comes to getting into debt, there's this cost benefit analysis. I feel like people aren't thinking about very much. Uh, I, I understand that. I think it's a hard thing to put on an 18 year old. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of factors that go into it also. You know, when you are, we do an, we did an episode of the show for contestants who were the first in their families to go to college. And when you figure in the pressure, when your whole family is looking at you to make this jump, I don't think cost benefit analysis really plays in. I just wanted to add in, you know, we don't teach financial education in high school to expect an 18-year-old or even parents that may not have gone through the college process to think in those manners. We also shouldn't be thinking of ROI when it comes to college. I know it's super expensive, but we need to remember that education is a basic common good for all of us, and it benefits society as a whole if we have a more educated society. So we need to look more to how do we make college debt-free? How do we work on forgiving or getting rid of some of these older debts and not putting the onus on an 18-year-old when the colleges and the government know so much more? What do we do then, Natalia? Do we hold colleges then more responsible to say, no, you can't take out that much debt? Or do, do we cap the amount that colleges can raise their tuition by every year? What, I, I'm sure there's no easy answer, but you must have a few solutions. Yeah, I mean, we need to understand that it's colleges, it's the federal government. There's many bad actors that are creating the student debt crisis. I think we need to move to a more debt-free college system. We are seeing that at the community college level and the state level. I live in California. We now have free community college and we're moving towards debt-free college. That means that no one should graduate with a lifetime of debt. It doesn't necessarily mean free college for everyone. Um, And we need to cap the interest on the loans. You know, it goes crazy. You can have a 7 8% interest and then go into a forbearance and see it compound and capitalize and just blow up. So we definitely need to treat student loans, at least the way we treat mortgages, allow for refinancing, allow for bankruptcy, um, give basic consumer protections to these loans. That's a first start. And then we need to look at overhauling the entire higher education system. Yeah, that sounds easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been working on it for years. Uh, but, you know, I would say with uh, shows like Michael's, and one of the things I love about Michael's show is while it's lighthearted, there's a lot of care to the student loan borrower. It seems that Michael truly understands what we've all been going through for so many years. And so I like that there's a lot of heart along with the lightheartedness. And I've never seen any game show bring attention 
any big issue, let alone student debt. So I just thank you, Michael, from, you know, from all the 45 million student loan borrowers. We're so grateful to have a show focused not only on student loan debt, but activism as well. I really appreciate that, Natalia. I mean, Natalia was instrumental in helping shape the tone of the show because I wanted to make sure that we were doing right by the people whose stories we were trying to tell. The show's called Paid Off with Michael Torpy. Michael, when and where do we get this goodness? <laughs> it starts on a Tuesday, July 10th at 10 p.m. on True TV, and every Tuesday at 10 p.m. after that. That's so awesome. Congratulations on a great show. By the way, I would be remiss if I didn't talk to you for a second about Orange is the New Black. Uh, tell me about walking onto that set for yeah. the first time. I was just telling somebody, I don't want to simplify this, but things are better when women are in charge. <laughs> it's, like, it's just that simple. That set, uh, Genji Cohen sets the tone at the top. That set is the most collaborative ensemble I've ever been a part of. You've got, you know, Golden Globe winner Uzo Aduba not missing a single take, being there to support you every time you're filming. It, it was just an unbelievable experience and really taught me about uh, what it's like to put a team together to create something big. It's always been fun to watch and you can really feel it, obviously, in the end product and all of the awards that Orange is the New Black has earned. I mean, clearly show exactly what you're talking about. Hey, everybody, if you're walking the dog or you're on your commute, we'll have links in our show notes to paid off with Michael Torpy. So you can catch it when it comes out. Michael, Natalia, thanks a lot for hanging out with us here and talking about the show and about the big problem student loans. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Joe, thanks for having us over. This is a, It's a great basement. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Duggan. I just, I can't believe today's the anniversary of Donkey Kong. Although, you know, Donkey Kong wasn't really my thing. I was more of a pinball guy. Yeah, you know, ever since I was a young boy, I played that silver ball from Texarkana down to Mount Pleasant. I must have played them all. But enough about me. Here's your trivia question. In what classic arcade game can you throw a javelin so high you just might accidentally hit a bird? I'll be back with the answer in just a moment. When you shop online, do you suddenly turn into a tab hoarder, loading dozens and dozens of new tabs into your browser in search of a promo code, just one that works? <laughs> Afraid to close any of them in fear of missing out on a deal? Before you crash your browser yet again, try Honey. Honey's the free browser add-on that over 9 million people are using every day to save money while they shop online. When I use Honey, it's, it's really neat. I always forget that it's there. Then I get to check out. Honey automatically applies the best coupon at the store. Super easy. In two clicks, you add Honey to any browser for free. Then you shop like you normally do. Honey scans and tests millions of coupons in the background, and then at checkout, it just automatically, bam, applies the best coupon. Time Magazine calls Honey basically free money, and I've got to agree. Over 9 million people use Honey every day, and together, they've saved millions of dollars. There's no reason not to add Honey to your browser today. It's free. It takes two clicks to install, and it'll save you tons of money. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com SB. I thought it was honey.com, but it's not. It's joinhoney.com slash SB. That's two words, joinhoney.com slash SB to start saving money with Honey today. Here at Stacky Benjamins, we use Slack every day for the entire team. Slack is 
a collaboration hub for work, whatever kind of work you do, even if you don't make podcasts, Slack is a fantastic way to communicate. With Slack, the right people in your team are kept in the loop and the information that they need, it's always at their fingertips. Teamwork on Slack happens in channels, letting you organize conversations and information around projects, offices, and teams. And because everything you need to work is in one place, it's faster and easier to get things done. What's cool is I'm part of two different teams. I, of course, have the Stacky Benjamins team, but then I'm also a part of the FinCon team doing podcasts for them. And we communicate using Slack and it's easy to toggle from one team to the other. So if you're even working with multiple teams, Slack makes it super easy to get work done. With Slack, your team's better connected. Find out more at slack.com. You can reduce email and streamline all communication because Slack connects all the tools and services you need in one place. It allows you to organize your team with real-time messaging, video or voice calls, group file sharing, searchable archives. It's all in one easy to use app and it's easy and convenient. You can drag and drop file sharing work with the apps you already use like Jira, Salesforce, Zendesk, Google Drive. We use it with Google Drive here at Stacky Benjamins. Plus you can tailor Slack to your work with more than a thousand apps. There's also the mobile app, iOS and Android. It all syncs seamlessly. You can always pick up where you left off no matter where you are. Slack, where work happens. Learn more at slack.com. That's slack.com. Howdy, trivia nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, back with your thrilling trivia answer. You know, We've been talking about arcade games, and my friend Gertrude has a lock down at the Sizzler on the high score in Centipede. That woman is a Centipede wizard. Yeah, I haven't seen anything like her in any amusement hall. That white-haired octogenarian sure plays a mean Centipede. Anyway, here's my question. How do you think she does it? I don't know. What, What makes her so good? But today's question isn't about Centipede, it's about a different game. Here was the question, in what classic arcade game can you throw a javelin so high you just might accidentally hit a bird? In the game Track and Field, if you accidentally hold the button too long, your javelin will go nearly straight up, bringing down a bird. I'm fairly certain PETA wasn't around back when that game was created, but still, good news, I have it on good authority that no real birds were harmed during the making of that particular video game. See ya! Did you play track and field back in the day? I don't think so. You can even get that game for the Xbox, which I totally did. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I played it, guess how many times? Like twice. I got it <laughs> to like impressively show my kids, and then I didn't play it again. But yeah, we talked a few. That happens. We talked a couple months ago about going to Fayetteville and uh, went to that classic arcade, and Cheryl and I stood and played track and field for ever for a long time. Super fun video game. Hey, speaking of super fun, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and we'll tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency OG they put what you value first: front door paint, obviously, and. Um my uh, Costco thing here of uh, $4.50 off Pringles. <laughs> you got to buy 36 packs of Pringles, but at least you get four bucks off. You got to buy a pallet, pallet of Pringles. So good though. 
it's your loved ones and your time. But hey, what fun is time if you don't have time with your loved one and Pringles? Pringles, yeah. Pringles, if you want to sponsor the show, Joe at com. But it's why Haven Life made buying quality term insurance actually simple, OG. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote. Go ahead and do it. There's a pause button. This is important enough that the basement can wait for you. We're okay. Go get your life insurance done. Cool thing is you don't have to wait several weeks for a decision, and they have lovely customer support over there. Love our friends over at Haven Life. And we also love it when we get questions to the Haven Life line. And today, let's help out our new BFF, Kurt. Hey, Kurt. Hey, Joe and OG. I really want one of those greatest money show on earth t-shirts. So here's my question. I remember OG talking about the investment banker that he strived to be in one of his first jobs. Well, I was one of those bankers for a short amount of time. Didn't really last long. I didn't realize how sales-oriented being in a bank is. So my question is, I'm 23, and I really enjoy helping people make savvy financial decisions. Is working as a financial advisor always about the sales? What other types of careers are out there where you still have the opportunity to help people financially? Thanks. Hey, Kurt. Thanks for uh, calling. If nothing else, you get a free t-shirt out of the deal. So not too shabby. You know, financial planning work is unfortunately at the very beginning of it, a sales type role because it's marketing, right? You have to convince people that you're there to help them. What I mean by the beginning part of it is at the beginning part of the relationship, it doesn't matter if you're having a conversation with your first client ever or the thousandth person you've ever talked to. It's still, in some respects, quote unquote, a sales job, right? You're trying to illustrate to them that working with you or using your solution or whatever the case may be is a sound decision and that you're going to do your level best to uh, help them succeed. And, And of course, that costs money. And so now what are you doing? You're trying to convince somebody to write you a check against the benefits that uh, that you can provide. So at its core, I guess, our work is a sales job. But but really, you could say that's kind of the same thing for just about any job is, quote unquote, a sales job. That's what I was thinking. At 23 years old, I think the best strategy for you, Kurt, is to realize that sales is a part of everything. If you're selling your friends on what restaurant to go to, sales is... is Yeah, you're talking to your boss about getting a pay raise. What are you doing? You're saying, hey, look at all these cool things I do for you. Here's, you know, here's the pros and cons, and here's what I'm offering. So, gosh, almost everything is a sales-type role. I think the bad rap that sometimes professionals get in our field is that to make money early because charging asset based fees and you know it takes a while to have a business that's big enough to support that a lot of times people start out in the product sales side of things because if I have a client that invests $300,000 with our firm roughly we generate $250 a month of revenue right that's great well if that's your first client and rent's due next tuesday 250 bucks doesn't go very far So now you contrast that to somebody who's going to sell a product, right? A mutual fund for a commission or something like that, or an annuity, and they're going to get 6% of that $300,000, you know, investment. So now they get $18,000. 
Well, now you only have to do that three or four times a year to keep the lights on. I think that's where people get the bad rap is they think of sales being a product sale. But the reality is, is that everything is in some respects selling oneself. And so there's a lot of different positions. So this question was, you know, are there a lot of, you know, what other things are there, right? You can work with individuals like we do. You can work with institutions. You can work with super wealthy business owners. You can work with advisors. So you could be on the institutional side of things, working with advisors saying, hey, here are some tools that you might want to incorporate into your business. There's all the fintech stuff that's going on, right? I had a guy who was my right-hand man who was great at financial planning named Todd. Todd was fantastic. He knew every bit as much as me about financial planning. And because of that, I trusted him to actually make the written plan that he and I discussed together. So we would have strategy meetings where we decide together what I'm going to recommend to the client. And then he would take it and do all the background research, put the numbers together, come back to me with analysis. I'd say, hey, let's take a look at this. Let's look at this. He would go, he would go look at those things for me. You can be that person, then you're not in sales. I'll tell you the issue there. Todd got paid a lot less money than I did got paid a lot less. Yeah. And I think that that even though there's nothing wrong with taking Todd's approach, and I love that, if you are 23 years old, I would personally try to learn very quickly that sales is not what a lot of people think it is. People hear sales and they think you have to be slick. You have to be super charismatic. I've seen people that are not charismatic at all that are great at sales. And for two reasons, they believe in their product that they're selling. And they also believe the person in front of them, they can help. And it's not about anything except those two things. And when you have a product you believe in and a person in front of you, you think you can help with that product, you're not really selling as much as you're explaining exactly what the person's missing out on for themselves. You're introducing a concept to them that's something that's going to improve the value of their life. And listen, Kurt, if you're great at financial planning and you believe in helping people that are not as educated in that area as you are, then the selling is going to take care of itself. Yeah, I agree. Good stuff. Thanks for the question, Kurt. We also get letters down here in the basement. And today, Doug just brought down the mail. Let's see who this one's from. This one comes from our new friend, Riley. Riley says, I've been listening to the show for a year now. And the only thing I've learned is to not eat rotten coleslaw. Well, there you go. Yep. It's an important lesson, Riley. And actually, Riley says, but that seems like common knowledge. My question is regarding savings. I'm single, 27 years old, make a decent income and able to save around 50000 a year. I don't have any debt and I've got about 8000 in savings and 15000 in S&P 500 exchange traded fund and other investments. I'd like to buy a house, but I'm not sure when it will be. It could be anywhere from one to five years in the future. Would you recommend keeping it in the savings account or putting it in the S&P 500 exchange traded fund or another investment. I don't want to miss out on earnings, but at the same time realize it could be short term. What would you do? Thanks for the question, Riley. House goal, one to five years out, OG. Definitely not going to be stocks, right? Volatility is going to be too much. Unless you're okay with that one to five years being five to 10. If right now you can say, I'd like to do it in the next five years, probably, but if I get to that five-year number and I need another five because the market didn't want to perform the way that I wanted it to, we're in a recession or something in five years from now, and you're like, I'm cool with kicking it another five, then I would be okay with it. But uh, uh, but you're just taking too much risk. Otherwise, 
in that too short a period of time. That fear of missing out is a really strong thing, especially when you see the market doing really well the last several several years. Um, I like using the cash account. I might use treasuries or a bond fund. Joe's favorite's the Ginny May funds. He's going to say in a second, but, uh, <laughs> but that's more along the lines. If you've got five, I won't use a Ginny yeah. May and a one or two. No, 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 no. Three to five. I can, yeah, is fixed income. It's all about when you need the money, you know, and, um, that's the trade-off. The trade-off is you've got to be okay with the volatility, not doing the thing you want it to do, right? Like it can go down. And if you're like, I'm okay with that because I can put in five and maybe in five years from now have seven, you can also have two, you know, so, so I think our, be thinking about. Yeah, I think our best advice in Riley's to do a place like magnify money. If you go to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, it'll just link right there and uh, look for the highest yielding money market that you find there. Money markets and savings accounts look there and, and you'll find. Now, that's not going to make you huge money, but your chance of loss on an FDIC insured savings account, nothing. Yeah. And interest rates are trending up. So if you're in something that's going to participate with that, you know, raise your rate CDs, stuff like that, you know, you might be able to uh, have a little bit extra return. Yeah, spike it just a little. Thanks for the question, Riley. Hey, you got a question for the show? Head to stackybenjamins.com and at the top of the page, you'll see the questions tab. Click that and it'll show you all the ways to interface with us. Thanks to Kurt for calling the Haven Lifeline today. Thanks to Riley for the letter. Thanks to everybody, by the way, who also has left us a review of the podcast. We get some crazy reviews and mom puts these on the fridge. <laughs> and I have to tell you, oh, we've gotten some doozies. This review comes from Cracked Out on Trivia. It says, informational but hilarious. Great show, and I love the experience they bring. It's refreshing to have some humor because finance can get dull sometimes, but the advice and information they share is on point. Love the stories and perspectives they bring. Thanks for that review. Mom's putting that baby on the fridge. If uh, you can review the show, take just a second. You'll explain to a new potential listener exactly what they're getting into that's a little different with Stacky Benjamins than with a lot of the shows that are out there. Uh, last is, if you're somebody who's looking at getting serious about your financial plan, OG's taking clients. So head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash letter O, letter G, That'll lead to his calendar where you can then have a discussion about getting your money moving in the right direction. And definitely, you're going to have a big discussion like we talked about a lot today about what your goals are, what your time frame is, and that sort of thing. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash OG. All right, that's going to do it for today. So happy we're back. Another eight weeks of shows. Doug, take it from here. What should we have learned? Yeah, sure thing, Joe. I'll tell everybody what they should have learned today. Why don't you just go back to playing that really complicated game of Pong you got going with OG. Hey, everybody. First, take some advice from Natalie Abrams and Michael Torpy. Consider all options when paying down those student loans, like income-based plans and consolidation strategies. But only once you've done enough homework to know that you aren't irrevocably hurting your repayment strategy down the road. Second, Thinking about making big changes to your house? Maybe a simple coat of paint will do the trick. But the big takeaway is simply this. Even on my favorite table, Gertrude can beat my best. Her disciples lead her in and she just does the rest. She's got crazy flipper fingers. Never seen her fail. That white-haired lady sure plays a mean centipede. 
Special thanks to Michael Torpy for joining us in the basement. You'll find his new show, Paid Off with Michael Torpy, on True TV this week. Thanks also to Natalia Abrams for stopping by. You'll find Natalia and lots of resources on student debt at studentdebtcrisis.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I just jumped the shark. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Finally, our apologies to Pete Townsend, Roger Daltrey, and The Who for any involvement they may or may not have had in today's episode. Also, Mom wants us to apologize to anyone under the age of 35 for including a joke in today's show that probably went way over their head. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. New people, the rule is this. What happens in the after show stays in the after show. We don't talk about this. Uh, so excited about a couple things. Number one is our tour OG is getting ready to go. And very soon we're going to have tickets on sale. So we are coming to Orlando September 25th. Then two weeks later, we will be in Kansas City on October 9th. And on October 23rd, we're coming to Detroit. So if you're anywhere close to any of those cities, make sure you sign up for the stacker, stackybedjamins.com forward slash stacker. And that's where we're going to disseminate first all the information about getting tickets to one of those venues. They're small places, OG. I was just at the venue in Kansas City, uh, 300 seats. So we're just about to release the guest lineup and thinking they're going to go need a ticket to get in. You have to have a ticket. And and the price is very low, by the way, affordable. Yes. Incredibly okay. affordable in Kansas city and in Orlando, the tickets are $10 at the time of this recording. I don't yet have the price in Detroit, but by the time this actually probably 15, just cause just cause it's yeah, just that's inflation. Uh, by the time we get to the third show, Detroit, the word will be out about us. And by the way, just looking at... Which could be good or not good. <laughs> yeah, be, yeah. Might be closed so down. get your tickets now, just in case. <laughs> Might be closed down by the time we get to Detroit. But we've been designing this show for quite a while. And uh, you, you know it's going to be funny when we can't stop 
cracking herself up. So, mm-hmm. uh, so excited to come to those cities. I got a note from a dude who's in Columbus who said, hey, what day is that? Because I want to come up from Columbus to see it. He probably wants, because you keep talking about that. that's He wants a fisticuffs. School in Ann Arbor, you keep talking yeah. about. He might want to sit in the front row and throw tomatoes at you, which I'll love. I'll have a front row seat to that any day. Uh, hey, I didn't have a front row seat because that's the worst seat in the movie theater, but I did go see a movie. So let's talk about this. I just saw this new hit movie, Jurassic World. She's dragged. Okay, okay, come on. Okay. Are you okay? I'm okay. How many can you save? Eleven species. Blue is the last of her kind. You'll never capture her. We thought you might know someone who could help. A rescue op? What could go wrong? Hey, Blue. You know me. Come with me. You know you can't stay here. Back your men up right now. It was all a lie! The man who proved raptors can follow orders. You never thought how many millions a trained predator might be once? They're gonna sell them. Not blue. They need it for something else. What is that thing? They made it. This is the most dangerous creature that ever walked the earth. The most dangerous creature that ever walked the earth, OG. Isn't that exciting? Sure. (laughs) I already heard my uh, brother's review on this, so I'm kind of curious yours. Ah, well, uh, Jurassic World came out just a few weeks ago and actually got big box office acclaim. Before it came out, the big talk online was how evenly critics were divided and the amount they were divided. Half of them loved it and half of them hated it. There was very little middle ground. And so I was curious to see what I would think. The main parts are played again by two very likable characters, Owen Grady, played by Chris Pratt, and uh, the role of Claire Deering from the last movie, played by Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, you like them in the last one. If you saw the last one, did you did you see the last Jurassic part? <clears throat> no, I did not. Oh, I really liked it. I thought it was a ton of fun. I actually, it's one of the few movies I saw twice at the theater. Not that it was good enough to go see twice. I can hear people running off the road with their car going, you saw Jurassic Park twice? <laughs> like the, the last, whatever it was called, one. It's like, are you kidding me? I had some family members, my daughter and her boyfriend wanted to go see it and it was playing at the dollar movie theater. So we're like, yeah, we'll see it again. It's funny because even the second time seeing it, I jumped out of my seat a few times, even when I knew that stuff was coming. And by the way, this time I'm sitting next to Cheryl in the theater, dude next to me on the other side cracked up when I screamed like bloody murder at the beginning of the movie when there's this, there's this, uh, little bit scary part. Not incredibly scary. The um, movie theater was full of people. I think I'm the only one that screamed. So go Joe. And then mm-hmm. then later on, Cheryl said something. She was talking to the movie out loud, like really loud. And I had to, to nudge her and she couldn't believe that she was doing that. So we got into the film. Film doesn't feel very long. It's uh, action after action after action. But it's very telling that when you watch that trailer, they pretty much tell you all about what the movie's about because 
the actual story doesn't flipping matter. You know ahead of time, if you listen to that trailer, that they go in to rescue these dinosaurs, and then the bad guy turns out that he doesn't really care about rescuing dinosaurs. He's got this whole other thing going on where he's creating this master dinosaur. You know what? I told you all of that, and it's irrelevant because this movie is just about the dinosaur ride. It's about the the jump scares. It's about can they do it? And of course, you know, they can do it because it's Jurassic Park, right? They do it every stinking movie. So you sit down, you buckle up. It's absolutely dumb. Uh, the writing is dumb. The plot is lame. I had a good time. Not a great movie. Yep. Stink Brothers said, uh, shut your brain off and get a big thing of popcorn. And it's totally like, oh, scary dinosaur. Yes. Ooh, yes. scary dinosaur. Mm, scary dinosaur. And it feels like they knew that when they were making it because there's no surprises. Everything is color by numbers. It's just yeah. complete paint by numbers. Ooh, uh, he's about to get eaten. Nope. Here comes another big dinosaur. Ooh. Drink my slushy. It's yeah. like my roommate in college used to love watching those Claude Van Damme movies. And those, uh, sure. and those Steven Seagal movies. And he would tell yes, me, he'd go. I still do. Well, and I get a Navy cross in one of them. Right. I'd ask such him. Such a badass. I'd ask him. I'd say, what's different than the last Just had one? one? I remember one of them. It was like a, uh, it's like a bookmark. He was the nation's second highest award. That's a bookmark. That's a bookmark. <laughs> it's just, you know, I got this. I was doing the stuff with the guys and they gave me one of these, but uh, didn't have a bookmark for my book. So. So there it is. So I'm going to put my baby cross there. I would ask my I real- saw Incredibles 2. Ah, Which you I think did. Better. Well, hold on. Let's finish this discussion. Then we'll oh, get on to Incredibles we too. No, because I keep trying to tell you that I would ask my roommate, whose name is also Joe. I'd ask him. I'd say, Joe, what the hell's different about this one than the last one? He'd say nothing. That's the point. That's a, I don't want it to be different. I want to see him yep. beat up more bad guys. Steven Seagal kicking ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what this yeah. is. But you saw Incredibles too. Incredibles 2, yep. Um, totally freaked out about the photosensitivity warning because I do get a little bit of the headache thing. Do so, you really? Yeah, so I saw, I had heard about it and then I saw the warning at the beginning and I'm like, oh, great. But it, thankfully, it's super telegraphed, right? Like you, once you figure out what the plot of the movie is, you go, okay, yeah, I know when this is going to happen pretty much. And so I just, you know, just kind of put my head down and figured there was a fight scene of some kind that I missed, but um, no big deal. Kids loved it. I thought it was pretty freaking good. You know, I like the very beginning where they talk about like, it takes 14 years to make this because, you know, it takes I did forever. too. So, yeah. so for people wondering what we're talking about at the beginning of the movie, before they play the movie, they have the people that are voicing the main characters, Craig T. Nelson, Holly Hunter, some of the other people like yep. talk about a uh, Pete doctor. Some of the people from Pixar, they talk about, Hey, it took us a long time to make it because there's a lot of love that we put into yeah. this. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I thought was really cool. It really um, felt like friends telling you enjoy our art project, right? Yes. And how did you like the, the little pre movie, the little, uh, short movie? Um, watched about five seconds of it and went, this is a great time to go get more popcorn. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. My yeah. kids said it was great. I, they, I went with the boys, so they, they watched it. I, I was like, yeah, that's right. I wanted to get more popcorn. And now I can do that because I don't have to miss any of the real movie that I paid for. So, yeah. yeah. Did you find, but, uh, and by overall, the way, the movie was great. Well, I said this, that it wasn't a rip, but I did find it got slow a little bit in the middle. It just kind of slowed to a sludge for maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes in the middle. Did you find that? 
No, pretty telegraphy, like what was going to happen, which, you know, I guess you knew. Maybe that's why I thought it got slow, because I'm like, okay, the next 15 minutes are kind of predictable. Like, I'm like, okay, I kind of know where we're going here. Yeah, yeah. I do like the message, though, which I thought was kind of funny. Like the bad guy's name was pretty funny. (laughs) I like those of you who will see the movie will get it. But I got to tell you, I like the back and forth that Pixar does between entertaining parents and then entertaining kids. So they have this kind of scene about mom going to work and dad becoming a stay-at-home dad and him struggling to be a stay-at-home dad and her struggling with her new job, which is not going to be interesting to a five-year-old, but it's going to be interesting to parents. And then they get to Jack-Jack and a raccoon, and they have that, which is totally aimed at the five-year-old. Like they keep toggling back and forth, adult adult kid, adult kid, just great timing there. Well, so. well-paced yeah. story. Yeah, it was good. Good movie. Sad that it took him 15 years to come up with uh, number two. We'll see if it takes him another 15 for number three. But uh, it was probably better than Jurassic Park. And I didn't see Jurassic Park. so <laughs> It was way better than Jurassic Park. Although Jurassic Park was fun. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. So yep. if you want to see dinosaurs fight against each other and against humans, go see it. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. <laughs> 